0: what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.
1: Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network my name is alan jackson and i'll tell you what i'm actually going to take that title off so now you can see the names underneath us <laughs> if you're watching on video again my name's alan jackson over to my right on the video screen but as i tilt my head this way is brian jackson my brother <laughs> brother in tech real brother Carry. your brother
0: how, how you yep. doing brian i'm good alan doing good doing good just uh I like think I mentioned to you I'm in a different location today in my uh, mm-hmm. my lab at my school and um, it is freezing cold in this lab so therefore the jacket is staying on and um, quite honestly uh, don't expect me to type much because my fingers I can't really feel them right Take now um, yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna actually yeah I'm, I may actually talk a little more just to keep my body temperature up uh, well I'm I was okay. gonna say uh,
1: hot air typically will help warm people up so and i know yep. that you generally give off blowed, a lot of I that during these recordings yeah so. yep,
0: i bring it i bring the hot air yes so good. let's let's keep that coming
1: i'm sorry you're, you're cold i think it was like uh it was about 70 here today
0: oh nice okay
1: it nice mm-hmm. it was a good day it's not too bad yep. Yeah, but the fifty degrees. That's not like outside temperature. That's like temperature inside your I, where you are. I'm
0: pretty sure it's about fifty. It, it may maybe about fifty five. It might be might okay. about fifty five inside here. But outside, I think outside, uh, it's probably about the same temperature. Um, mm-hmm. So I can go out in the hallway right now and get a little more heat. Um, I think they. I don't know. They're trying to freeze me out. Freeze me out of this building. I think um, maybe they, they don't, don't want me that. using this this lab anymore. But um, so anyway, we're we're okay. We're uh, we're gonna make it through. So there may be a little teeth rattling along the way, and I'll, I'll mute myself if I do. So we'll get through.
1: <laughs> well, Brian, t- today on on Brothers in Tech, you know, we we get together. This is our ongoing podcast about personal home and family technology. Uh, trying to talk through some. Every time we get together, we either talk about a topic uh, of some aspect of personal technology we want to dig into <laughs> a little bit. Sometimes we have suggestions and recommendations we like to give out. We've started talking a little bit about some efficiencies and things that you can do with technology to make things in your life go a little quicker. Um, today, I, I think we're we're just kind of catching up in a little bit of grab bag of a lot of stuff because I, uh, um, I, I think we've got a couple of things we want to kind of catch up on each other on yep. technology-wise, yep. And this is a good time to do it. And I think we both maybe have a couple of uh, either a recommendation or an efficiency tip we want to share as well. Yep. So it's a little bit yep. of a grab bag. We're just kind of going kind to of see where our conversations take us today and some of the could things we're dealing with technology-wise. Yeah, it could be, but um, yep. I feel good. I think we're going to be able to make something out of this. Okay. So All right. Something helpful, well, something good. Um, can I go ahead and get the uh, the elephant out of the room? <laughs>
0: First. please I've been okay. I've been eagerly awaiting hearing about this
1: so, so anybody uh, for the two of you that listened to the show last week <laughs> um and you heard my trials and tribulations dealing with um my laptop so I'm not not two episodes ago we were discussing our latest macbook pros I believe
0: Yep. Uh, mine is uh, three
1: months old yours is a little newer than that yep. um And last week I updated to everybody that like within a couple hours before recording time, my laptop was the culprit of water getting into the computer and my laptop was not starting. So I was in a little bit of a uh, weird state, trying to figure out what my solution to this was going to be. And, uh, just to give a little update on where we are, um, I tried several paths to find out what my options were for repairing. That included going to a local um, Mac repair shop here. And they, I swear to you, I kept the voicemail just because the voicemail really got me. I dropped it off at this repair shop and said, okay, here's the deal. Tell me what the deal is. I need to know if, you know, water got on the logic board. Cause again, water on the logic board is what's bad. Water gets and corrupts or corrodes anything on the the logic board. That is bad because that is the guts of your computer. That is the most expensive part of your computer. That is the one that's going to be the most painful to fix or replace. So I dropped it off at the service place. I said, look, just call me later today and let me know what the deal is. Tell me what's going on. So I get a message a couple hours later. A few hours later, and it was from this repair shop. And I swear to you, I can play the re- the message right here. My phone, I saved it. I played it for a couple of my coworkers. I'm like, please tell me this is what they said. And they said, yeah, I heard the same thing. The guy calls and says, um, "Yeah, we're um, we've diagnosed your Mac, and for parts and repair, it's going to be a hundred and fifty dollars, and to get it fixed." And I heard the message. I'm like, oh, that's that's good. I'm like, that yeah, be- no, that's great. I mean, yeah, it's money I don't want to spend, but c- compared to having what I thought it was gonna be, I'm super excited. So I caught him yeah. right like hey, that is so great. I said, tell me what were the, the parts that are being replaced. I'm just curious for the hundred for the amount. He said, Oh, was this the whole logic board. I'm like, for hundred and fifty dollars? He's like, Oh, no, no, it's a thousand fifty dollars. No, no, no. no. <laughs> 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 i you through the voice message. You said 150. Anyway, so it was going to be like with their labor and everything included, it's going to be like 12 to $1,300. I yeah.
0: said,
1: so well, just hold on. I'm going to go the route to Apple because I feel, you know, yep. look, I've been an Apple user since I was 12 years old, um, all the way back from the Apple IIe. I've probably between my personal family here and my office. Have bought new Macs every year, 40 years of my life. So I said, well, I'm going to take this. Did you, to pra- did
0: you practice saying this so that when you got I did. there, the, I did? I rehearsed about that all of this. Yep. I okay, did. Good. Yep. good.
1: I came in wearing like an old Apple's t shirt I had from back <laughs> there in the day. My yes. hat. Mm-hmm. so yeah i have apple a uh, boy here i'm a apple final cut pro certified that's a certification i got like 30 years ago i was gonna wear the shirt probably sure that just mm-hmm. getting all all into it i have heard stories that you know there have been some situations where you happen to get lucky at a apple store and somebody there is a very uh, uh, sympathetic to your situation then who knows maybe something could happen and the fact that this is a three-month-old laptop too um so I took it to the Apple store. I did not tell them it was water damage because I wanted them to see yep. what they found on their own. And uh he was uh he, you know, the guy tried powering it up, said, Up, oh, I I can't I can't get it to work. So we're just gonna have to ship it off to our Atlanta facility and they can do a diagnostic and let you know what the problem is. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I know what the problem is. I'm Like right. I know they're gonna ship it off, and it's gonna be. Expensive to replace the logic board. Obviously, they're not going to give me a deal on this. So I, that's why I told him. I said, "Well, look, there's a really good chance. The more I think about it, that there may be some water. <laughs> in the you know, now, I, I'm sorry. I just now
0: started that thinking oh, more about you know this. what? <laughs> now that
1: I think back through the whole scenario, the day and actions that happened, yeah. I do. Yes, I remember there was some water on it. Yeah. At one point. Would that be a bad thing? Is that bad?
0: Oh, wait a minute. Wait. 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 I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. Hydrogen and oxygen. Okay, yeah, that's actually water. Oh, okay. Let's let's talk about
1: there were hydrogen molecules and there were oxygen molecules. I think in the same place. Yeah, probably to like two to one. Maybe Mm -hmm. that made something. I don't know. And um, so, sure enough, he went back and said, "Well, let me let me crack it open. I'll take a look." Took it in the back. He came back and said, "Yep, it's uh, it's water damage logic board." That's about Mm -hmm. a fourteen hundred dollar replacement. So, okay. I'm like, I'm no better off mm. than I was, but Brian, yep. here's where I'm going to end the story. My laptop right now, I did not give it to Apple to fix, did not give it to the local repair place. My laptop right now is in New York city. Um, oh, good.
0: Yeah. Just, yep. just for giggles or what? I just, mean, I just you just decided to see, see if somebody on the on the street wanted it or what?
1: So we're going to see, and I'll be able to report back, hopefully in the next couple episodes on the outcomes of this. There's a, uh, a repair group. Up in New York City, I'll go ahead and share the screen for everybody so we can see. Um, Hold on. Of course, I'm on my older laptop right now, and nothing is set the way I wanted it to, so it's very annoying. Um, Okay. But, yes, this is where my laptop is right now. Now, if anybody is watching or listening to this and they uh, have had a bad experience with this company or did not work out, please tell me immediately. Please let me know. But I have read up... um,
0: Is it not is it not too late? You, you do want to know? Or do you want yeah, them yeah. Just to keep it to themselves?
1: Well, if I can find out tonight. Okay. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. So,
1: so right the, the, the deal with this guy, this guy is uh, um, Rossman Repair Group. Um, fairly well-known in tech circles. He has been a very uh, big advocate for the right to repair uh, idea of, of <clears throat> computers, meaning it's the one that, you know, people are fighting for more repairability with your laptops unfortunately mac laptops are going the opposite direction harder to repair you know the hard drive is soldered on the ssd drive is soldered onto the board the ram is soldered on you can't really repair things very easily so this this company this guy that started this company and their whole thing is is that they believe that the the idea that apple is going to charge you fourteen hundred dollars to fix a logic board that may just have a couple circuits fried on it is, is a shame. Mm -hmm. So they say they will take your logic board. They're actually going to repair the logic board instead of just replacing it. So it's about, about $600 to do the repair work and to get it back to you. So this is what I'm trying. I do believe the, the, the issues on my logic board are small. I do not think it's widespread issues. Talk to them. They feel pretty confident that it's something that they can fix and do. And uh, we will see. So Mm. that is what's going on right now. Um, It is a good point. It's true what they're saying about repairability. They're saying that when Apple sees that a logic board, the guts of your computer has a problem on it. It's not a matter of fixing the logic board. It is just repair it. Or I'm sorry, replace it.
0: Replace. And
1: replacing it is that $1,400 to get a brand new logic board and have it put in and installed. The difference here is this is about repairing the logic board instead of replacing it, yep, so yeah, so we'll you see know, you
0: could probably you could probably understand why a company like Apple may not want to repair for you, right? For them, saying repair also potentially leads to maybe. They do certain things, but they're not able to fix everything and all of that. And probably takes them quite a bit of time and energy. But if this person is focused on that and they have that ability to, to, to do that, and they, of course, want to get your business as opposed to you going and you know paying $1,400. So it seems to be uh, at least a uh, – I'm not going to say a win because I know a win would have been your computer firing back up after you dried it. But uh, mm-hmm. but at least it's, it's a better – outcome potential outcome so alan if they if they get your computer check your logic board out and find out that they can't replace it are you out any money to have them evaluate it Mm -hmm. no
1: no the evaluations are free okay i do a free assessment they say if uh you know you just have to pay for shipping to have it returned back to you okay yeah so uh that's it but there's there's no fees cost to you if they look at it give you a diagnostic and say that they can't do it you just pay for shipping to have it shipped back to you. Hmm. Um, you basically give them an authorization. If you choose to a pre-authorization of how much money you'd be willing to spend. Yeah. So if you want to expedite it, which is what I did, I went ahead and gave them my limit and said, this is it. They, and they say, okay, great. Well, we do a, an estimate on the repairs. And if it's below that amount, we're just going to go ahead and do it. Yeah. Um, just to kind of quickly get it done. But if it was going to be above that, we call you and get verification on it. So.
0: Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's like here, taking your car to a, you know, to a, um, uh, a, uh, a second, secondhand, uh, kind of repair shop. Right. That says yeah. we, mm-hmm. we can do it. And when you drop it off, you usually have to tell them, are, are you okay with us doing up to a certain mm-hmm. amount and then let us know. So yeah. that, I mean, it makes sense. I think, uh, it's got a yeah. good opportunity there. So
1: we will see for sure. Uh, the one last little note I'll say before we move on to your, to you. Um, with the new laptops, the newer laptops we've been discussing, and I think it's probably getting to be going to be close to the same on some windows laptops every time as well, or even, you know, Google, uh, um, uh, Chromebooks and so forth. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it just never clicked with me that because the hard drive or the SSD, I still call it hard drive out of habit is Basically, part of the logic board, it is kind of soldered as a onto the logic board. It is part of that. That if there's water damage in your computer and affects your logic board, the idea is that you're not getting anything on that SSD, your storage, like files or anything back. Okay, mm. it's they would be replacing the logic board, which means replacing the SSD as well. That's the, the other side of it. Is that with a repair, if the logic board can be repaired, there's a good chance your S- you, the contents of your SSD are going to be untouched and available to you when it comes back. Versus Apple saying, "Hey, no, we're just going to take the whole board, yeah, trash it, put in a new one." So that's one thing to think about. Never had to deal with that before SSDs or before they became so fixed. The logic board it used to yeah, be that oh, so if the computer's bad, hard, drives, I can still right? take the I can still take the hard drive out and I can hook it up somewhere else or do something else with it. Now, because you know me, Brian, and I am Mr. Backup, I was in a pretty good spot on this. Um, My only challenge was I had backed up um, a full backup of my computer on October 12th. I left for a long weekend vacation or like a five-day vacation with my wife on that day. And when I got back to the office the following Monday, I had two days of work where I did not do a full backup of the computer. So basically it's two days of stuff I I, I potentially have lost. It's not, bad. not too bad. I still have everything syncing to iCloud that's in my documents and desktop folder. So I got all of that covered all the time, no matter what. But any movies or pictures or anything I had on my computer uh, on those two days, I, I potentially have lost if they don't fix the laptop. It's not a problem. It's not, you know, it could have been a lot worse, so I'm yeah. thankful for the backup strategy for sure. So, yeah, yeah. okay, hmm. I'm I'm done venting and being depressed about that. So uh, that's my situation. I'll keep you all posted here in the next week or two on that outcome. So,
0: yeah, um, well, wow. well, I'm sorry that uh, I know that wasn't the outcome you hoped for, but that sounds like potentially you're may have the ability to to get out without the uh, the full. The full yeah. 1400, which would have been a, which would have been a bummer. So
1: that is, that is my hopefully, hope me, so.
0: hopefully so. Hopefully so. Well, Brian, well, so
1: what are you, uh, what you got going yeah, on right now? Me, What's going me, on in your life tech wise?
0: Well, well, let me go, let me go uh, kind of give you a, a quick rundown of, so this is, um, so my, my side project that I've been doing probably the last three or four nights uh, is trying to, trying to put home bridge in place. And oh, so, okay. so for those who don't uh, remember, uh, Alan uh, brought up Homebridge, I think, as a as a bit, right, a while back potentially. So, mm-hmm, uh, what Homebridge? Uh, just for people that that don't know, um, one of the problems with home automation right now, and we've talked about this numerous times, is that the different systems don't necessarily play nicely together. Specifically, HomeKit, which is Apple's um, Apple standard. And the others, right? Which is Alexa and Google, um, Google mm-hmm. Home. You can get a device that works with uh, Amazon Alexa, and that device isn't necessarily going to work with Homekit. And um, some of the things you've been showing me recently with Homekit uh, got me intrigued to where I'd really mm-hmm. like to to potentially move to Homekit. But to do that, I needed to see whether or not I could take my current devices and get them to be recognized within HomeKit, because not all of them, uh, not all of them were capable. They were Amazon Alexa enabled, but not HomeKit enabled. So, for example, if I were to pull up the Home app uh, on my phone and try to set up HomeKit, it would do a search, right, to try to figure out here. Here's all the things we can see right now that we can communicate with, and the it was not pulling up very many things, so there was a lot of things that I had that were Amazon Alexa only. Um, so the way to get around that was to to use a uh, kind of like a Alan would you call Homebridge kind of a server, almost like a network server. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you create a it's, you create a a server. server app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this server app that that is through a web browser that you could kind of start the server and have it running on a computer that would then take the information that it's getting from these other devices, which it has a standard for, and then I guess producing it or uh, sending it out again so that HomeKit can understand it, right? So it was a way of kind of converting that information. So I started started doing it, and, and my unique thing that I wanted to do with this is I have a, um, I have a Raspberry Pi that okay. I have that had been used for a number of different uh, tasks. I think I talked to you about, doing online darts with it and all sorts of mm-hmm. little things. So I wanted to have make the Raspberry Pi be the one that was the network server, because that's the only computer that I have at my house that it's always running other than, in yeah. you know, an Apple TV or something. Um, so you can do that, right? Homebridge does work on a, on a Raspberry Pi. It works mm-hmm. uh, fairly well. So I was able to, follow some online instructions to be able to download it. I actually didn't side load it like they, like most people would download it on your computer and then put it on SD drive, put it on your Raspberry Pi. I actually went to the Raspberry Pi and used the, the terminal, uh, feature on there to type in a bunch of code that would download the most recent version, install it. And then I was able to run it through, uh, through a browser that all worked. I thought really well. Um, it didn't take me long to figure out Homebridge uh, to mm-hmm. go in and say, "Hey, I need to search for." And the way Homebridge works for, for people that are interested is you look for plugins. Alan mentioned this previously, but you go in and you say, "Okay, on Homebridge, uh, I'd like to find a plugin and find a plugin for you know my Hue Hue light bulb, or find a plugin for Casa, uh, which runs some of my uh, my outlets." And uh, and you can find and they're all open source, right? I believe. On mm-hmm. Open source. Yeah. So you find yes. an open source. You do have to, as you mentioned before, you do have to kind of search through some plugins, try to figure out which one works best, uh, which one's the most recent. So had some of those and sure enough, pull up my my home app on my phone and they start popping mm-hmm. in and I can do mm-hmm. the, you know, it allows you to scan a SDRN um QR code on the screen. that says, oh, here, use this and it will automatically add it to your home kit things were working really well i could name things effectively here's where i here's where i came with the problem and this is not necessarily a problem with homebridge this is a problem with the devices i have um, everybody should know that one of my favorite companies has been uh, the company Wise, wyze w y z e and i have all of my cameras in my house i have see, four five. i have five cameras in my house two door sensors, one motion sensor. They're all from Wise. And the reason I love Wise is that they were fairly inexpensive. They're maybe 20 30 even $40 for a camera. It's a one-time fee. You're not paying for a service. Um, unfortunately, most of Wise's cameras will not work with Homebridge. And there's a reason mm. why. So the sensors do, do. The sensors came in fine able to name okay. those so when a door opens i can have home uh home notify me the outdoor cameras and those are ones that i have recommended before they're the wireless cameras that i can mount outside mm-hmm. um they last for about three months i mean they're great battery powered but they mm-hmm. do not have the what is it the streaming protocol alan you know when you have a camera i need to think back it's the real-time streaming protocol rtsp yeah. So RTSP is when you have a camera that has firmware built in to where it's always going to be sending a signal to some sort of network so that you can access that information often. Well, mm-hmm. these outdoor cameras don't have that. What they have is a motion sensor that then kicks it on, sends that little bit of information to its server, to WISE, and then you get the information about the uh, the movement. Unfortunately, those outdoor cameras can't be updated hmm. with a rt was it, rtsp uh, protocol yeah. the other cameras that wise makes can't so the hmm. i have a pan camera that's a indoor camera that one is plugged in and i'm finding out the reason why they don't want you to do this is because the real-time streaming protocol will end up draining your battery horribly because it's constantly sending information to try to keep up with Homebridge. Right. right. If they were to do that. And that's a problem. So that right? kind of like goes take,
1: against the whole long battery life that those exactly. cameras are
0: yep. trying to have. Yeah. Mm. Now I don't know if you can work your way around that because some of those cameras now have the ability to have a solar uh, solar yeah. feature that sits on top of them and continues to charge them. But I don't I don't think that WISE has any interest in putting out firmware to do that. Now they have put out firmware to change your camera to an RTSP. Uh, protocol for the non outdoor cameras. So if I bought a new okay. camera now, they do have protocols for the newer ones, uh, but these are an age where they're not going to update mm-hmm. them. So I was really bummed. Unfortunately, homebridge saw them. Homebridge said, Hey, by the way, I see this, it's called, you know, outdoor yeah. or it's called mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the bar, but it only recognizes it as a device. So I can turn the device on and off, but I can't recognize can't it. Yeah. Yeah, which is a bummer. And it yeah, kind, of, that's, that's kind of throws everything off that I wanted to do because I didn't want to go buy new cameras. Now, I eventually might yeah. get new cameras because I find that there are some features that I might want to start using a little bit more effectively. Um, but for now, that was kind of a bummer. So uh, so mm. just, you know, if people have gotten into the wise ecosystem or others, there are, I think there might be some others that are wireless that won't uh, effectively be able to... Uh, change to a, a RTSP. So what you do need is if you're using a camera with Homebridge that that doesn't work with HomeKit by itself and you need to use Homebridge as a in between, you need to change the firm the firmware of that camera needs to support RTSP. And okay. you can you can update the firmware in many of these cameras with a little SD card, you put it in and say, "Hey, take the you know, the firmware that's on here and update it." Um which I could have done on one of my cameras, but not all of my mm-hmm. cameras. So it, it didn't make sense for me to, to even make that camera part of another system. So, so that's a bit of a bummer. Uh, it has yeah. been exciting to, to use Homebridge. I, I, I like mm-hmm. it. I like yep. the idea of having a raspberry Pi that just runs it constantly and just sits there and, you know, I don't have to worry about, uh, it taking up a lot of space. Um, yeah. but it was not unfortunately going to work for me fully right now. So
1: well, I am glad you got into the HomeBridge space. I am actually planning. I actually was just shopping for it over the weekend, getting a new Raspberry Pi in just yep. to set up for HomeBridge because the laptop I was using as a dedicated server is not out, is out of commission right now. Oh, no, so, sorry. yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I sent it to Mississippi. Just for giggles. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There you go.
0: Um,
1: but I'm going to do a Raspberry Pi for it because I thought – that's really kind of just all I really need is just something to run that set server pretty easy. Um,
0: Okay. So so on mm -hmm. that note, let me, let me, let me ask you this. Have you looked at raspberry Pi's recently? Yes. They are either not available or stupidly expensive. Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah, I know.
0: Uh, Yeah. I was going to say, no, it used to be when I bought this raspberry Pi, I think it was maybe a $50 package that I bought that had a case to it and everything. Mm -hmm. Now I think they're two to $300 for a package. And so I don't know if it's it's because they're they're not producing them or what, what what do you know?
1: I I think it is a supply issue thing. I mean, it it is, uh, they've been out of them for like a long time. Even the base level raspberry Pi has been out for quite a while. I've been needing Mm -hmm. to get some for work purposes and could not find any anywhere. So that is a bit of a challenge right now too. Yeah. Um, I hope those price increases are not permanent price increases. I think those are more built yeah, up. Because take of the advantage. Demand right yeah,
0: now. for sure. Yeah, I think so, so. Well, if you still, if you go on the Raspberry Pi website, it was st- still, shows, you know, here, this particular model starting at $45 or this model starting yeah. at $35. It's just, when you click on it to say buy, it says, Oh, out of stock out of stock sold out everywhere Yeah,
1: everywhere yep. sold out yeah the raspberry pies have gone fast i don't know what's been the last year or so but it's they are hot commodities right now so yeah. uh yeah uh, just be mindful if you're, do you do go out shopping for a raspberry pie right now uh yeah like brian said the only place life. you're gonna be able to get them easy <laughs> is you're gonna spend a lot more money for them than you really need to so uh i'm not in a rush I, i'm gonna wait till they become available again at normal prices for sure. But that is definitely the plan I'm I'm planning on going on. Um,
0: Yeah. I think it's it's a little disappointed
1: about the, uh, the video protocol on that, on that webcam though. Yep. But but Brian, that actually leads me into something I was going to bring up as a topic to discuss. And it's actually kind of nice, nice segue into that. Okay. Um, We, we have been talking kind of uh, hit or miss over the last few months about this idea of a, um, standard being released for home automation devices called matter m-a-t-t-e-r and um you know i know we even mentioned it last week just kind of as briefly because it turned out that uh, if you remember apple tv there were two versions of apple tv and one of the higher versions that you can get with more storage also had thread compatibility and we were kind of saying well thread is a little bit of a a home automation protocol, and it is. So they kind of work together to some degree. But Matter, Matter is going to be what is being rolled out now is going to start being available in devices, new home automation devices that come out. And there will be capabilities for existing home automation devices to be upgraded to take advantage of this protocol. And what this protocol does, it alleviates exactly what you were just describing, Brian, and why you even got HomeBridge set up On that Raspberry Pi, it is going to make devices, whether they were HomeKit uh, compatible or Google compatible or Amazon compatible, make them all work together. Meaning Mm -hmm. you could be on an iPhone with HomeKit, say you want to add a device and you could have a Philips Hue light, which is not a HomeKit light, and you'd still be able to add it and it would still function and work just like anything else. So the idea, as an Apple user, this is extremely good news because we're in the disadvantage currently where there are a lot fewer devices made for HomeKit than there are the other platforms. So now this means that that entire world, well, most of that world, there are some caveats, most of that world is now going to be open to us in the future. Um, Any new home automation device Probably, I'd say, if I was a betting man, I'd say are going to incorporate Matter technology yeah. Yeah. to make sure they could be sold and used for anybody. Um, there's a lot of popular devices now that are going to get retrofitted with upgrades to make them work with Matter. So it's very possible, Brian, that in here in the next few months, we could see that Philips Hue lights, light bulbs that people already own, will all of a sudden be available to hop onto HomeKit and be controlled there without any other type of uh, um, home bridge or some other type of solution to make it happen. Uh, there's some other devices that have been non Apple home kit devices that are now going to be hopefully available to us. So this is where it gets exciting for me. I, I think this is amazing and I cannot wait to see this come to fruition because it's very frustrating right now to go shopping for a device for my home and find out that either the home kit version is much much more expensive yep. or there's not a home kit version which means i've either got to decide do i need this device and if so then i've got to look at a third party solution like homebridge to make it work which is just adds more effort and complication to it so this is the idea with matter now thread that we mentioned last week with that apple tv plus or apple tv 4k device that was the upgraded version of it thread is a new is a, a a form of communication between devices. Like right now, these devices, these home home uh, home automation devices, some of them use Wi-Fi, some of them use Bluetooth, and all. Some of them even use like NFC, the near field communications, to how they communicate with their with their other devices. Thread is another form. I think of like a like almost like a radio RF type of signal communication that can go on between devices. So it's another way for them to talk to each other. Um, so the way this is all going to work, Matter, you will not need to buy a new device to make Matter work. It's just going to be a, a a protocol laid out across devices that you already have. So in theory. You don't really have to do anything to take advantage of this. Just when a, when this has been rolled out completely, you will be able to go buy a popular home automation device and should be able to add it to your, whatever home platform you're choosing to use. Um, Now this is going to happen in stages. I did read up about this and and hear that what's going to be initially available are going to be your most common home automation device types your light bulbs, um, your sensors, your, um, door locks are going to be available yeah. through matter early on. Um, uh, I think like, uh, yeah, basically your sensors, your lights, all your outlets, like smart outlets yeah. are going to be available as well. The things that are going to be later on not available initially so don't get your hopes up on any of this. Unfortunately yet are like video cameras security yeah. video cameras and ring doorbell video cameras. Those are not going to be available through this matter protocol in, in the first phase. It's going to be a while. On those. I think
0: they, they, they have greater security issues mm-hmm. about them. So yeah. there's a lot more testing has to be done, I guess. Right. Know.
1: So I think, I mean, this is good. I think this is very yep. exciting. I, I'm a, i am I cannot wait to start seeing now. Granted it is a new protocol. I mean, there's, we we assume it's going to work the way it's it's being said it's going to work, but we'll wait and see on that. But I, I do think it can be kind of exciting to start all of a sudden. I feel like the just the doors open up a little bit more to say, what can I now add to my home network here that I was hesitant to do before or didn't feel like it was going to be worth the time to do? Yeah, what can I do now that I couldn't do before? So it'll be exciting.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm incredibly excited. I will say I'm probably it's making me rethink whether or not I buy any new cameras for a while because I don't, you know, and this would be my advice to other people. This is given that a new protocol is coming out. I certainly would not buy a whole lot of new things right now, unless you knew that it was able to connect to the protocol that you're hoping to work with. So if you're, if you're a HomeKit person, and you see it works with HomeKit, you're fine. It's going to continue to work with HomeKit. I think the problem is don't buy something now that you're hoping eventually will also work on another protocol because of this, because you probably want to wait for the matter version of these, right? The ones that actually will contribute to that and then you get more flexibility. I agree.
1: You're right, absolutely. The only caveat I'd say that may be a little different, if there are some extremely big brand name popular items, like, for example, the Philips Hue, Yep. I mean, I I feel like you know. Let's say if uh, this Christmas there was a great sale on Philips Hue bulbs, and you're like, you know what? That's a device that even though they're not right out of the box, maybe some of the ones were not HomeKit compatible. Well, I think the Philips Hue are for the most part, but I'm trying to think of a good like big name product that I know is not HomeKit compatible right now.
0: Well, um, it is it's Casa? It's Casa. Yeah, Casa
1: K- is a K- custom Casa. Okay. Uh, TP-Link is not. Okay. Okay. So TP-Link would be one that could be, if you saw some great devices for sale, I would be tempted to say if it's a big company name or a fairly well-known brand name and it's a fairly common product, uh, I'd be surprised if those were not um, matter compatible, like right on from the get-go, from the start. Hmm. or at least with a a firmware update on those devices yeah
0: that's Uh, what i'm wondering maybe a firmware update Uh, i just i don't know enough about where the protocol is built in right is it that it's going to i mean if it's a software or if it's a firmware issue that all you need to do is flash your firmware of whatever the device is and then it sends out a protocol that then gets recognized by matter fantastic because that would suggest that that that's my understanding even our old stuff would work yeah. right? if, if, oh, they, yeah. if they update it. Yeah.
1: Now it's still up to every individual vendor yep. manufacturer yep. what they do. But I, again, I feel like the big company names, they're going to do this. I would be a little more hesitant about ones that were like really off brand names, companies that yeah, really you don't really hear much yep. about Yeah, those. I'd be a little sensitive about whether they're going to go through and actually make the effort to upgrade them or not. But your bigger company names, your your brand names that are sold at Best Buy and other places I feel like those are all pretty safe. I think they're going to yeah. uh, have firmware updates to make them all compatible. And then all of a sudden, boom, those devices will now be available to you on your platform. Especially if you look at all these partners, Brian, these are the logos of all the yeah. partners who've come together to make this protocol work. Amazon, Apple, you got on there, you got Google, Ikea, you know, we go on down, uh, the grand Lutron, which I've got some Lutron switches, mm-hmm. which are great. Half of them are home uh, kit available. Some of them on their website are not. So maybe that would open up all the rest of them to us. Um, uh, Residio, Samsung. Yeah. Samsung, Texas Instruments. I mean, you know, some there's some good companies in there yeah. that are work together to make this standard work. So
0: um, yeah. And, and maybe I'll just it's, give it's, again, I'll give the, the counter argument, just seeing even with wise right now, where they're basically saying, you know what, we're not really going to put the effort into updating firmware of our older devices. I do worry that some of these companies are going to say, you know, what, does it really make sense for us to update our old devices, but here's brand new devices that have it built yeah, in and, true, and want you to buy true. new stuff. So that would be my only concern is that, yeah. you know, hopefully, but I, I, am also wondering then something like Homebridge you know which kind of goes around and and figures out a way to uh, to talk to some of these things might then still open up that opportunity right where you can get new devices everything starts to plug and play right away and play nicely but then you can you know still build in others that don't have yeah. that for a while so because that's that's where it really is it's it's if the firmware is written and tested and people in the company wants to put enough time and energy into it it'll they'll make it happen if not you have to work on open source folks trying to do it yeah. for you. And then you flash the firmware yourself and take a shot. But um, yeah, so yeah. for cameras, I'm going to wait probably. Uh, but mm. you're right. Some of the other big devices, just it would be great once we start to see that symbol show up on on yeah. the devices that we're buying. And we'll know at least that we're kind of future-proofing ourselves for a little while. So
1: that's my hope as well. I honestly, I mean, I, I think it's great they're coming up with a protocol or a standard interface here. I'm kind of surprised they are. Yeah, But I'm sh- surprised mainly the fact that I think Apple's putting the most stake into this from what I've read. They've contributed the most. They've actually provided most of the underlying technology to build this standard from. And you think about it, they have the most to gain on this because their HomeKit yeah. platform, as much as I like it, it's still far behind in terms of number of devices available to use. Right. Uh, and consumer buy-in is still not as high as they'd like for it to be. This basically eliminates any of those barriers when it works. Um, so Apple's got the most to gain. Google and Amazon, I mean, or, or yeah, I don't really know what you can technically say you gain because practically every device I think you can buy right now for home automation is compatible with Google or Amazon. Yeah. So, I'm not really sure the benefit there, other than just, yeah, I don't really know. I'm, I know there probably is a technical advantage, and there's some probably yep. some some business advantage to doing this, but Apple's the one that's HomeKit users are the ones that are going to make out so much better from this whole situation when it's done.
0: No, I I think you're right. Except I would I would say the others maybe had been banking on they've had several years to build their clientele. And they they have they have several years built where people know to say Alexa and that is what they've built their their homes yeah. around. So maybe they're assuming, hey, listen, we've got this already now. We can get people that are also, you know, Apple people that might buy us a little bit more, or we can then work in concert where you can still, you know, still try to purchase some of mm. what we're doing. I don't know. There's I think there's yeah. there's gotta be some they, they've got to be reading the, the tea leaves on sure. maybe where things are going. So, uh, but regardless, it, I think it's, uh, it's a win for us. It's a win for everybody to not have it, to play this, uh, divided household of, of automation.
1: Yeah. So. Agreed. I'm very, very excited with that. So cool. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely be keeping our ears to the ground on this as this kind of starts to roll out a little bit more. Um, Brian, I think Matter was something that was, if I remember correctly, was something that's kind of woven into the latest Mac operating system or at least the version of the Home app on there, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think
1: that was something that was one of those. I'm just saying that to let everybody know that, yes, we know that Mac OS Ventura came out uh, last week. And this is probably the first version of the operating system, Brian, that's come out that I have not upgraded to in the first week it's been released yeah. um, mainly because of my laptop situation i'm on an older one now that i'm already feel like i'm taxing so much just using it the way i'm using it um, i did not want to venture to try putting on a new os on a temporary laptop when yeah i'm in yeah. flux right now so yeah. so i'm i've held off and this is Kind of weird because I'm not used to holding off on the the big upgrades to the new <laughs> Showed operating Showed um, a lot of restraint there, Alan. A lot of restraint. I will tell you though, Brian. Kind of going back to our comments about the MacBook Pros from a couple weeks ago. You know, we were talking about the speed improvements and how much faster mm-hmm. they are, and I I think I may have made some offhand comment about. I mean, yeah, they're they're faster, but it's not. Uh, it may not be as super noticeable to a lot of everyday common users on it. Um, to counter that and to make sure you really understand how fast those computers were try using one for three months and then going back to a (laughs) five or six year old laptop. Um, yeah. Then you start to realize just how fast those new ones were.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Comparison.
1: I am, I am in pain right now using a five year old laptop that I thought I was done with. And it kind of put off to the side and it was going to be in my, uh, to sell pile. Um, and uh, luckily I had not sold it yet and I'm now using it, but uh, this is a learning experience. I cannot yeah. wait for that laptop to get fixed and come back. It's painful. All right. Um, do we have some yeah. uh, bits? Well, I've got a, I've got to a, I do.
0: I've got a suggestion uh, that I wanted to bring up. Alan, if you don't mind sure. uh, sharing my sure. screen there. Love yeah. You. Okay, um, so I have a, an app that I just started using. And uh-huh. um, so everybody will notice this is my lock screen, okay, where you are looking at what happens when I wake my phone up. Um, mm-hmm. So we talked about this recently about the most, um, the most recent uh, uh, version of iOS allows you to start to take advantage of some widgets on your home screen. So I'm gonna flip over to a different home screen. So this is this is another home screen that I have where I do have some widgets, right? You'll see I have a little mm-hmm. icon there for um I think that's my timekeeper, and then another one for the battery uh power in my uh my AirPods. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about how this is great, but it's also fairly limited in terms of what's available right now, right? There's opportunities mm-hmm. for it to grow a little bit more. Let me show you this. Um so, Alan, if you notice here I've got some other icons up there that aren't normal icons that we would see as being opportunities mm-hmm. in Apple. The one on the left there is for Microsoft Outlook. the next one is for Twitter. Um, then there's one for Messenger, which is part of the built in system right now. And what this is is this came from a an app, a free download, but yet uh, it is a limited free download um called. Let me open up my phone and show you. It's called Lock Launcher. So, this app called Lock Launcher. And what it does is it allows you to have a lot more flexibility in the widgets that you're putting on your lock screen. And um, so, you'll see here that I created well, these are favorites, but let me go over to this thing. You'll see I created a widget for Outlook, which is, you know, allows me to, from my lock screen, just click one button and it takes me straight to my email or Twitter and go straight to open up Twitter. So it saves you one click, right? It saves you the ability or the the need of opening up your phone, unlocking it, and then clicking on the app. Mm -hmm. It goes straight to Mm it. Um, I'm going to click on this widget here for Outlook, and you'll see kind of what I'm allowed to do with this. I can choose an action, so I'm going to choose the action. And this is the part I don't particularly care for. It's not just giving you all of your apps. It's actually giving you a lot of suggested apps, um, mm-hmm. for example, hot apps, right? I can click on hot apps and it's, it, you know, you can search through and, and most of the apps that you tend to want to use are here, but really what it's doing is it's creating a, a code for when you click that button, this is what action it's going to do. Um, mm-hmm. so if, you know, if I wanted Instagram to pop up or YouTube to pop up, I could go ahead and add that. Uh, which one well, I'm going to go back. So this, this was obviously one where I had outlook, you can choose a custom icon for it. Hmm. Uh, you okay. can choose one what of nice. the icons that it has, which is kind of cool. Um, it came with that one already built in, which was nice. Uh, you can make it a larger icon or a smaller icon. You can round it a little bit more of the background or not. So it's got a couple of options of things you can do. You'll notice at the top, that's an action for opening a, a, uh, uh, opening a, a program, but you can also have it open a website so I could mm, have like yeah. ESPN. I always, maybe I always want to go to ESPN so I could have that be just a link that takes me straight to a browser with ESPN. Uh, okay. I haven't done this yet, but I'm really excited about doing this, of creating shortcuts. So maybe there's mm-hmm. a shortcut that you could actually build within iOS and then say, oh, I want to run that shortcut the moment I push that button. Um, Brian,
1: can I interrupt you there for a second? Sure mm-hmm. Talking about shortcuts and URLs and all that. This is this is something's clicking here. So one thing you can do, there is a tool and I can't remember if it's homebridge that'll let you do this or if you have to use another tool that will actually any scene or action or automation in Homekit, actually generates a url as well mm. so if you think oh, about yeah. this yeah
0: yeah yeah yep
1: you could actually have automations for home individual automations let's on say if your, you say on your lock screen my, i want my dent my whole den lights to go down because i'm going to watch a movie yep. and set all the lights the right way if i wanted that to be a shortcut on my home lock screen
0: yeah you can pull that off so
1: that's where that url shortcut. that's
0: super slick yeah so you could have um like i have a couple of automations where i have if i say you know alexa good night right then certain certain things go off all my lights go off certain things happen right i can have that as being a shortcut on the on the screen to say Mm -hmm. i'm home or i'm away or whatever yeah that's That's pretty cool. So I haven't I haven't played too, too many creative things with this yet, um, other than to, to get some really simple, uh, simple things. Uh, sorry, I have to go back to Outlook and save it. So once that's there, let me go back to my uh, lock screen for you. So when I get to my lock screen and I click to customize it, mm-hmm. now, so I'm going to customize my lock screen. Now, when I'm looking and I'm clicking in here for all my widgets, there are widgets that are built in, right? These are the ones mm-hmm. that are already there. But I can also go down to lock launcher. And what it does is you're creating the widget opportunities. You know, if you if you played with widgets before, you'll see, you know, weather. And there's actually multiple versions of the weather widget. One that's small, one that's a little wider, one that's a little bigger. This is the same thing. It's It's showing you the two widgets that you created already it's like oh do you mm-hmm. want to use the the outlook do you want to use the twitter widget that you created i see um yeah. so it's kind of slick um, you'll notice only two were created and that's because that's what happens with the free you can create two if you want to create more you got to, i think it's if i'm not mistaken it's a dollar i think it's a dollar to buy it or something like that so it's
1: Maybe. so it's going to create two of them in the, the free limited version Correct. but then you can fill in the other two like in your your case yeah. up there with some standard uh ones that are standard house, house ones. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. So then that's kind of slick now. So that as of maybe a couple days ago, I started playing with it and really like that because I do find myself picking up my Mm -hmm. phone to go straight to email. If I can just click once and do that, that's fantastic. Uh, Let me show you what I just found out today when I was prepping for the show, um, which I didn't know could happen. If I go back to lock launcher and let's see, where is it? Okay. On the on the, the home screen, I haven't quite figured out the favorites yet, honestly. I think if, if you have yourself unlocking lots of different things and using them different ways, you can create them as favorites. But up here in the top right, I just stumbled across this as looking at the options. There's this little palm tree thing. So
1: mm-hmm. if I
0: click on that, now there's this thing called live mm-hmm. activities, right? And though, yeah. of course, I don't have the Dy- dynamic island. I don't have a newer phone that has the the island at the top sure um but i'm going to toggle this live activities on and take a look what happens here which i just found today now there's my lock screen it's actually Hmm. giving me giving me some oh i know what it's doing i know what it's doing tell me so brian are you
1: up to are you on 16.1 the latest uh, iOS? update? Uh,
0: I don't think I don't know if I updated six point one or not. Maybe.
1: Hmm.
0: Let me. Maybe. Let me see. Let me show okay.
1: you. Okay. Hold on. I'm here. Uh, <laughs>
0: bless you. Yes. Yeah. You 16. are. Okay. 1. Good. Yep. Yeah.
1: So sixteen point one that just came out in the last week. Um, that is an update to the iOS sixteen. That allows for the live updates. On your lock screen. Now that can be used for sports uh, scores like ESPN, if it supports it, Mm -hmm. we'll put up sports score, like live sports scores there. Other apps can push live information. Ah, There we go. To that bar now. So now what's happening is this app you bought, is able to tap into that and use that live feed as its own button launcher bar, which is for really a button cool.
0: launcher. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, I mean, basically by clicking those things and for a free app, I have now four icons that can yeah. launch things, right? So I can actually take it, take that top part away and make it for maybe, as you said, automations, the bottom I could make as my, just some some apps that I want to open up quickly. And you'll notice if I do scroll up, it goes back to my yeah. notifications, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, super, super slick. I mean, for, for me, wow. I may not even buy it. Uh, I may just use it for the two to add a couple of things for a while. Um, but, mm. uh, and, it, and I would imagine eventually this will become somewhat obsolete where Mac starts to open up more things that you can do with this. But for now, um, yeah, this works. And what was slick. the name of
1: this app again, Brian?
0: It's called Lock Launcher. All one word, I think. L-O-C-K-L-A-U-N-C-H-E-R. Lock launcher.
1: Okay. Lock launcher is what we're yeah. showing here. Yep. That's great. I mean, the fact that there could be eight, a potential of eight yep. hot buttons on your lock screen. Um, yep. To me, that's 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 huge. Because, yeah, I would do the same thing. I would make the top bar the standard Apple icon or area mm-hmm. for, like, sensors for me, like whether I have my activity rings up there, just things I want to glance at and quickly see. And then I would make the bar along the bottom, the live update bar. Those would be my hot. That's my four apps, hot launcher apps uh, from those buttons. That would be what I would do. Yeah. That's just me, but I love having that flexibility to work with those. So,
0: And um, now I haven't played with, I haven't done a whole lot with this other option in here, which is called lock screen memo. Uh, I did try that earlier. So if I turn that on and I typed in test as some example text, and I'm going to just do the clock just in case. And let's see what that does. So now when I go to lock, you'll see test at the bottom and it's counting down. And I don't know exactly what that's doing, whether that's Mm -hmm. the clock. um, Well, I don't know. Maybe that's the seconds for my clock. Let's just see what happens after 60. I don't know if that clicks over or if that's counting up for another reason let's see
1: yeah i'm not quite i'm not quite understanding the functionality here
0: i um, don't either let's see for
1: this option yeah hmm. No. so it's just showing the seconds
0: I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because I mean, your
1: your clock, your clock just rolled over to 558. Okay. It hit zero, so maybe so. that's
0: what it's doing. So maybe it's just a way of showing additional. Maybe yeah. if I didn't have the clock turned on on the lock screen, maybe mm-hmm. it would show the whole clock down there. I don't know. And I'm not sure what the test does. Like if I click on it, it's going right here to back to lock launcher. So yeah. I'm not sure what the what that's purpose is. But, again, I haven't played with it a whole lot. I'm not a huge fan of the app, the way that it's organized, the way that it's laid yeah. out. But it is one of these things that if you create it once – Now, here's what you I was really, to here's what I'm really excited about is I'm thinking, if I did buy the app, which, which if it's 99 cents, I may end up buying the app, right, and create myself a number of these things. And then I start to use my uh, lock screens as being focus-oriented. So when I'm at mm-hmm. work – here are the, you know, here are the widgets that are going to show up. Here are the buttons that are going to yeah. show up when that mm-hmm. lock screen. And then I get home and this lock screen shows up and that's where my Twitter and some of the things mm-hmm. I might want to do at home might show up. So potentially this could be pretty creative and a good way to enhance what I think Mac or Apple's going to do with the lock screen anyway. So um, yeah. So that's oh, I like lock it. launcher. Yeah.
1: I, I yeah. love it. So that's far, great. So i I may be installing that tonight as we speak. So, yeah. that's, uh, so so far maybe, I, haven't, uh, cool. I
0: haven't noticed any glitches or anything. It's just, it, it runs the the little, you know, uh web address code that's needed there. So. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, that's great. Okay. Well, it's going to be hard to beat that, but Brian's going to go really quick and mine's not a super in-depth one. I've got a, a suggestion or a recommendation okay. I'm making as well. Let me just show you real quick. And before we wrap up here, but this is one I will be following up on later. So uh, mainly because I cannot attest to owning anything from this company yet. But I'm always in the market of looking for new home automation devices or vendors <clears throat> selling home automation devices. Wise is a company we were just talking about earlier, Brian, you're a big fan of, and you like the yeah. products they make. Well, Aquara, and I guess I'm saying it right, A-Q-A-R-A, is one that I've been checking in on and i've got a couple things coming to me from them on order that i'll be able to report on hopefully in a couple next couple weeks how they turn out but i love any company that's just got a nice variety of different home automation products and they're very they're well res- regarded there's a couple other home automation shows i listen to as well and i know they're big fans of this company so i decided that was uh, good enough for me to hear to say i'm going to take a take a jump and try some as well um they have a whole series of products. They've got cameras. Uh, they've got, um, you do have to buy a hub to use their products, which is, I, I don't like that, but yeah. if it's a one-time purchase of 30 to $40 for a hub and I can add all their devices from that, then I guess that's okay. But a lot of cameras, uh, sensors, tons of sensors. They sell vibration sensors. Basically you can make your own home security system from their devices, door and window sensors, They have a water leak sensor. They have motion sensors. All these things work. Um, The controllers are what I'm excited on is what I have coming to me. Mm. This one in particular, the wireless mini switch. I have been struggling trying to find the easiest way to have one button presses in places both in my house and my office to turn on home kit uh, or home automation scenes. And I know that different companies make this little simple one button, but I've been really surprised at actually how expensive they are in some places. I mean, we're talking over 30, $40 just for like a single one button push button to do use. And I'm just like, it just seems like a lot of money for a one button uh, push, push function. So this is the acquiring wireless mini switch. So the idea here is there's no wiring needed. You don't have to wire it in anywhere. You just honestly peel off the back and stick it wherever you want to go. (laughs) <laughs> um, and you can program this in HomeKit or, uh, or, you know, Amazon or Google other, other environments, and it can basically perform a couple different functions. You can have it do a single press to do one scene or automation. You can have it do a double press, or you can have it do a long hold press. So it has three different functions, I believe that you can control from it. So for example, here in my den, I have a nice HomeKit set up. To say that when I say to S-I-R-I, hey, turn on my den lights, it knows to turn on. There's like six different things it turns on in here. Um, right now, I don't have a switch to do that. My, I have to use my voice. But there's a lot of times I don't want to use my voice, or so I'd rather yeah. not for some reason. So all I need is this little button, put it up on the wall, cup walk in the door, hit the button, boom. Plus, when you have guests over to your place... And, you know, if they're going to walk into a room and they need to turn on the lights, it's really awkward to say, oh, you got yeah, to say yes." You talk to the, them. Yeah. The, yeah. So it's nice to just have a simple button to do it. Here's the thing I was most excited about. $18. Oh, uh, oh, I'm oh, sorry. You can't see. Uh, I just flipped to another tab. Let me yep. show you the tab. I'm sorry. Um, yes. Yeah, $18 on Amazon to get <laughs> that little uh, that little push button, which to me. That works. I'm okay with That's that. Right. That yep, uh, That works. That is a good price for me on that. Yeah, here we go.
0: And I assume there's an app that you can go and code it, right? Like where you're telling it, here's the here's the task to do or is it something that gets coded in Homebridge or is it I, mean, I Oh no, assume, it's in uh, well
1: it's in HomeKit. It's in HomeKit native. Oh, so HomeKit. if I'm in HomeKit okay. and I I I attach it to my HomeKit, I see it, then I can attach an automation to it and say, "Oh, okay. Cool." single press does this double press yeah. does that long press yeah. does this. I don't know if I have to configure it in the Aquara app first before it passes on. But I mean, normally with these kind of functions and buttons, you can do the automation all from within HomeKit without mm-hmm. having to even use another app. Oh, that's so uh, $18 for the, uh, the button, the door and window sensors are $18 as well. Motion sensors, 20 bucks. Vibration sensors, $20. Uh, they do make actual wall switches like that you would wire up to your lighting system yep. as well.
0: Yep.
1: Um, so just, you know, I like the pricing. Oh, I like the flexibility. I like the fact that they're all HomeKit as well as Google and Alexa all, all in one product. Um, yeah, you got to get a hub. But from everything I think I've learned and understood, I, even though I hate the idea of having a hub, for these different manufacturers and having to find a spot for it and plug it in and pot, they pay for it. Supposedly reliability wise, they are much stronger with their own dedicated hub for their ne- for their system yeah. than those that don't require hubs. So I can't attest to whether that's true or not, but everything I've read and seen seems to be the case. So if it means 30 bucks by my hub and then I can start adding these products to it. I'll, I'm, I'm happy with that.
0: Yeah, um, no, that's great.
1: But the mini switches I'm really excited about, there's going to be the first things that come in, putting a couple of here in the house. I'm putting a couple in the office where I've got some uh, lighting setups through home kit already. And uh, I think it's just going to make things a lot easier for people. I think so, that's fantastic.
0: I'm, I'm thinking right now that I have a, a, a real use for that, which is, um, mm-hmm. In the bedroom, uh, I'm usually the last person. That, so my wife will go go to sleep before I will. I'm usually either working in bed or I've uh, come come to bed a little late and she'll leave a light on, but I have an, automa- an automation for, you know, Alexa, good night. will shut off all my lights throughout the house and shut off the ones in the bedroom as well. But if she's already asleep, I hate going in there and saying that because there's person mm-hmm. response. So if I can just put a button next to the bed that is one click is good night, or two clicks is wake up sort of things. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that's going to be well worth. worth the twenty bucks. So, yep, that's great. That's we have great.
1: a. I have my uh, our studio at my office with all of our lighting grid for whenever we do some shoots in there. I've got them all set up on HomeKit uh, switches and outlets, and it works great. Uh, if I have my iPhone to turn it on, or if I use my voice, but every time I have somebody come into the office that needs to go into the studio, I either have to remotely turn on the lights for them or I have to tell them what the voice commands are to use or whatever. So again, this is for that simplicity that you need, right? You want to mimic the idea of a light switch as much as possible without having to go in and wire up anything. Yeah. But you want it to work with any type of home kit or Alexa or Google no, I love it. home setup you've got. So yeah, that's great. That's my kind of recommendation. But again, it's a little early and that I'm I'm going on the words of a lot of other people but um, I'll be able to report on it here in a couple of weeks for sure. But I'm, I'm yeah, liking right. what I'm seeing and yeah, I look definitely like the price involved too.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah,
1: cool. All right. That was all good. right, man. Well, I think that's all we're going to try to do tonight. Like I said, it was a little bit of kind of a ramrod show, just trying out some <laughs> uh, different topics. <laughs> Was that the word I'm looking for?
0: I don't. I don't know if that's the right word, but that's okay. I mean, I think we're going to run it. You understood yet. what I was talking about, right? I, I knew. Yeah, sure. Ram run. Yeah, just Let's kind of just,
1: just pushing through, mix, just mix doing a bunch of random or, stuff.
0: Yeah, drive it. through. Yeah.
1: not a lot well, of prep. Cool. Just kind of talking and going. So it was all good. Um, okay. We will be coming back again each week with some more thoughts, updates, uh, discussions on home, family, personal technology. But Brian, in the meantime, anybody wants to get a hold of us, what do they do to talk to us?
0: Yeah, they can send us an email at info at the uh, Tell us about uh, some topics you'd like to see us get into uh, in the future. Or if you have some uh, some bits or bytes that you want to share, uh, info at TheMesh.TV. You can also go to our website at www.brothers-n-tech.com and see right. previous episodes as well as the most recent. So. Perfect. That's fine. All hour. right.
1: Thanks everybody for watching and uh, hanging out with us for the last hour. And we'll look forward to getting together with everybody again sometime soon. All right. Sounds All good. good. Okay. All right. Take care everyone.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment,